Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of the All Around Horsewomen podcast. We are so excited to share this week's episode with you guys. We were super stoked to even be able to talk to this person. Um, we really weren't sure that if we were going to be able to, and we are just so honored and thankful that he took time out of his day to talk to us. Um, we got to speak to Randy from the Compton Cowboys and got to talk all about diversity, inclusion, all about the Compton Cowboys and the Compton Junior Equestrians and all that they do out in Compton. And we are so excited to share it with you guys. So let's get started. Today we have a very special guest with us. We have the honor and privilege of speaking to Randy of the Compton Cowboys. So I'm sure our listeners have heard of you guys and the amazing work that you guys do, but I want to hear from you firsthand, Randy, how you would describe the Compton Cowboys. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Appreciate y'all having me on the podcast. I'm always happy to talk to some community um, fellow equestrian community members about just this whole thing that we're doing. So very exciting. Um, Again, I'm Randy. I'm the managing member of the Compton Cowboys. Um, we are essentially a lifelong, uh, like a crew of lifelong friends since childhood who came together um, through an equestrian program, a nonprofit program that my aunts started back in 1988. And uh, we all represent a, one particular generation of kids who came together through that program. Um, there's been a few different generations, but most of us are all, most of us in the Compton Cowboys are second generation. So um, we all came up like, you know, kind of got together mid nineties and we were all full blown members in, um, in the, in the, in the nonprofit program doing all kinds of equestrian activities, whether it was rodeos or, you know, amateur stuff, play days, camping trips, just all kinds of fun. Um, just the whole equestrian lifestyle we lived at that time. And now that we're all grown, um, we wanted to find a way to, to stay together and continue to share that, that story and continue the legacy of, um, of, of, you know, being inner city kids on horses and also just pay it forward to the new generation of kids in our, in our, in our area. So we just decided to come together and, um, and, and keep it going and create a, a brand around it and be able to just, you know, do our nonprofit work in the community and also be able to make a living for ourselves and establish a career out of it. So. Yeah. She started the organization in 1988. I was born in 1990. So by the time I was born, we already, she already had a couple of horses and was doing the thing. So as early as I can remember, I've been riding horses. Um, my earliest, fondest memory is being a little kid, um, finally getting my chance to compete with the big kids um, in the amateur play day and um, riding this really hot air horse my cousin used to uh, compete on and he was a, a champion just a beast of a horse um and uh I was a little guy but I had the skills and the talent and I was super nervous and super anxious to to do it I thought I, I thought I was ready and then when it's time to go I was super sh super shook but my aunt had a way of like calming me down and instilling confidence in me that I could do it and all I had to do was stay on the horse and, and be confident and I would make it back and I would make good time. So we ended up, she ended up just uh, bringing me in and letting, letting the horse go. And I did great on that run. I won that event. And uh, ever since then, I was just always felt super confident about my, about uh, my abilities on the horse and just also fell in love with the whole, like just the whole lifestyle of it. Um, so that was, I was probably about five, maybe seven years old at that time. So I'm 30 now, um, and I think just growing up in it, it just it just makes you feel so, so it gives you brings you so much peace. It's such a like therapeutic thing, especially where we come from, where I come from. I grew up in an era in the city of Compton where it was really tough. Like you deal with a lot of stuff, like a lot of street problems, a lot of like gangs, drugs, violence, crime, uh, all these different things that uh, could be wrong with any community. Um, it's just, it was like a melting pot of all these issues in, 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 in our city. And so um, 
a lot of our friends and family who didn't have an outlet, they ended up falling victim to those things. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, me and my friends, we had the ranch to kind of give us a distraction that always pulled us in. The horses were, you know, horses are such a magical, like, uh, have such a magical appeal to you, especially when you're a kid. Um, they just pull you in and you're just willing to do anything you have to do to to deal with the horses. So my aunt, her, she was real big on making sure that if we wanted to ride, we had to make sure we had our grades right and we had to make sure we was going to school and we wasn't missing class and we were behaving appropriately in the home and stuff. So if all those things were cool, we could ride. And so for us, we wanted to ride so bad and we wanted to be involved so much that we would just do everything we had to do to make sure we could do that. And so that, just that reality is that that's what kept us straight, kept us on a straight and narrow. Um, and since then, I just I always loved it. And I always felt like, let me keep my grades up. Let me keep my behavior together. Let me make sure I'm going to class. I mean, from that, from the time I started school, I, I, I went all the way through my, to my mass through my master's degree um, and never, never missed, never, never skipped a year or, or, or quit or I just went straight through. And I think just having that, that discipline early on from her and just being involved with the horses kind of gave me that, um, that, that work ethic. So it's been a, a great part of my life. And um, just, it, it's taught me so much about just how to be calm and collected and speak to people and have body language and, and, and understanding energy and all those things. Like um, the horse teaches you so much as a, as a person, just as a natural species. And, and, and it really has, has so many positive spillover effects into your life. Do you, so are you, you run the barn, is that, are you the manager of the whole facility or do you have people with you that are running the show? Yeah, I'm the top of um, the, 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 the top um, person of, that runs over the, the, the entire um, organization, top to bottom, from the Compton Cowboy side to the Compton Junior Equestrian side, which is our nonprofit division, oh, wow. to, the, to the actual ranch um, for, as a facility. Um, it's definitely my, my responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, wear a lot of hats, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, literally and metaphorically. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, one, so, um, yeah, definitely. I'm the one doing it, and it's a lot, but it's worth it. How long have you been doing that? How many years has it been? I'm, I'm actually in my second, actually, August 1st makes my, I'm, in, I'm now in my third year on the job, which is pretty crazy, actually, because um, it went by fast, and I'd had zero experience um, going into it, and my aunt, because my aunt, she retired in 2018, after 30 years of service to the community, running the ranch as a nonprofit um, organization here in Compton. And she, you know, she, she served 30 years and also it was time for her to slow down because she, you know, she was getting, becoming elder and the doctor's orders were like telling her to sit down and relax and she had a stroke and some other things. So it was just time for her to slow down. And by the time she was slowing down, Compton Cowboys was in its second year kind of, uh, heating up and so we thought it was a great natural transition to just hand us the reins uh, for the nonprofit side as well yeah. and then so um, that's when I stepped in to, to, to basically run it as, as as one operation and it really works well together even though it's even though they have the, their distinct operations it's really nice because the, the ranch and the nonprofit side like the Compton Cowboys as a brand and a for profit enterprise allows us to support our nonprofit. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, that was one question we were going to ask you, like, because we didn't know if the Compton Cowboys was a nonprofit. So you guys are a for-profit. Compton Cowboys is a, is a for-profit operation that is gotcha. a brand. It's, it's, a, it's a brand that we build business around. And, um, and but it, it, it's great because it's basically an engine that drives all the awareness raising and fundraising for our nonprofit. Right. So what we're able to do through through content creation and through brand brand um, opportunities, like all these endorsements we get and stuff, um, that allows us to, you know, tell our story on massive platforms. Like you see us with Adidas or all these, you know, Google or whoever, Guinness and, and those kind of companies. That allows us to tell our story and get our raise awareness about what's going on. And then people go and search and go, hey, who are these Compton Cowboys? Then they see everything we're doing in the community 
and then they donate directly. So that's nice. Oh, but also, wow. but also too, those gigs that we get, we are, we're able to carve out some of the funding. So that way, once we bring money into our, 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 our business, we can do our own quarterly uh, allocations for our nonprofit to be able to donate directly from our own business as well. So that's like a nice, it's a nice machine um, to be able to be like a full circle operation. Yeah, that's a super smart way to do it. I have a nonprofit management degree, so um, that's my realm. So that's really cool that that's how you guys run. Can you hear me? Am I loud enough? Yeah, yeah, you sound good. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> I think that my, I have like a mic connected to my computer and I don't think the output was working. But anyways, that's super cool. I love, we were curious about that just because um, with me, with my nonprofit background and then just, um, we were just curious how that worked. But from when you started it three years ago to now, how much have you guys grown? Like what has changed in the time that you have come into um, being in management? What are some, maybe a couple things that stand out to you that have um, launched you guys forward? Well, I mean, just being on a, being globally recognized is really yeah. cool. Like, you know, <laughs> like we have um, all, many of the biggest companies in the world, you know, including companies like Google who have supported us and promoted our, our, our operation. Um, That's amazing. On their, on their platform. We recently, I don't know if you saw recently, but the piece we did with Google that featured our cowgirl. Um, yeah, that was really, really cool. I was in tears. So powerful. I was like, this yeah. is the coolest ever. Yeah, that was great. Um, to, so just to be globally recognized is, is great because that allows us to just raise awareness and tell our story and be able to highlight the, the history and legacy and the heritage that, you know, black cowboys and just what we're doing in our little community. Uh, and just, it's just great to have that recognition. And then that allows us to also pe for people to donate. So we've, we've been able to keep our, our financial operations uh, pretty much stable even during this COVID shutdown, it's been pretty helpful yeah. because our story is so, um, it's so, it's so special to people and it touches people's hearts. And when all this stuff started happening with the shutdown, like people wanted to give and help us keep our ranch open and keep it alive for our community. So people have reached out and we've gotten support from all over the world that have helped us keep it going on. Um, that's been great. Um, we've been able to get horses, the right horses that we've been looking for for our program. Um, Which is important. <laughs> very important. Obviously, the horse, everything starts with the horses. Um, right. And, uh, you know, all the stuff we do is cool. But if you don't have the right, the right horses, you just can't get do anything. So we've been able to uh, recruit the right horses. Most of them, all of them have really been, I'll say all of them, maybe one or two been all been donated or, or uh, rescued or, or just like family just gifts and stuff um mainly right now i just got well we had two i had two horses that were in training for the last month but they were donated to us from tough cooper and the, the, oh. cooper, the, the, the cooper family they um they donated us two quarter horses from off of their pasture that were like um that are, are like family like their, their lineage is like from some crazy stock of like champion barrel uh roping horses oh wow so um yeah these horses are like premium quarter horses they're just beautiful getting <gasps> done, two of them to us and but the only condition was that we had to train them they were green when we got them so mm -hmm. um, it was it's been a great journey with that just now we just got them back they're broke and and they're ready um so i'm excited to start up start up one of my kids um one of my students on on one of them for she wants to be a barrel racer so um she, i'm really excited about putting them together and just watching their journey um move forward that, that's going to be exciting when all this stuff to shut down stuff is over um and yeah i mean so horses we've it's been great we've gotten a lot of our ranch has has upgraded tremendously over the last three years everything from having great artwork to footing and sand to yeah to uh we got a oh god we, we got a great water sponsor we got a fitness sponsor who like built a whole gym on our ranch who's like building a whole gym on our ranch oh wow so um, there's, a whole, there's a whole gym at the ranch yeah it's coming together right now oh, wow that's awesome yeah there's a guy named alex fine who's um cassie oh husband. he's cassie's husband yeah yeah they did their proposal video at our ranch which was really cool i produced it um which is I awesome think i did see that yeah yeah it's on our igtv um 
but he's a he's real big. He's a fitness guy. He's like a a, a a trainer to the stars. So like he trains celebs and stuff. But he's super big on fitness and he loves everything that we're doing. So he's like, we have this little corner. We have a corner on our ranch that was intended to be like a fitness corner, but there was no. We didn't really have any gear and stuff. And so he's like, man, let's just build the whole thing. So he's got a we right. We got all this stuff ordered. Like he got racks and dumbbells and like punching bags and all this That's stuff. That's awesome. Like, about to build a whole ranch on the uh, whole fitness um, gym corner on the ranch. So that's going to be sick. Um, yeah, just all kind of stuff. Everything from rigs, trucks, trailers, uh, all kind of stuff we've gotten help on. And it's been a, it's been an incredible ride just in every area in every aspect of like improvement. You know, we definitely felt it around the, around the, around the clock. And this all happened within like the three years that you guys have been set up. Correct. When I was before I came, my aunt she was very um, conservative in her in her like in like upgrades because obviously funding was a thing, and she didn't. She was comes from that generation before us where like marketing and branding and social media wasn't a thing, so it was a lot harder to get out get out there and raise money and raise awareness. So any little money she got, she would definitely penny pinch and just like if her her thing was if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So like it was a little bit run down. Some things were a bit run down. They were functional, but they were a bit run down. And uh, when I came in, I just started like spending money like crazy. Uh, <laughs> and then I had to look up like, oh shit, you know, I got to figure out how to get this money back. But luckily, at the same time, we were bringing in some opportunities. So it all it all came together nice. But um, but like sponsors are the ones like we're sponsored by Ariat and yeah. all kind of other shit. So like they're the ones who make all this shit happen. Like, they give us all new everything. They're just sending us boots and hats and wow. helmets, and we're sponsored by Troxel, so we get helmets for the kids. Oh, we're nice. sponsored by Equifit, so we get a bunch of, like, performance, like, like, uh, tack for the horses. We get, we're just, we have all these oh incredible sponsors, so it's like, they're the ones that make it all happen, and we just luckily, lucky that, you know, we're able to experience the benefits of those things. That's How did amazing. it feel like when it, when y'all first started getting all these sponsors? Were you were you guys kind of like starstruck? I I definitely the the crew definitely was. I wasn't because I knew that was gonna happen. I was like that was part of my vision. It was like yes. okay from the very beginning. I was like once we because the whole kind of the Cowboys concept is a is a product of like my vision because I'm a my master's degree is in like entertainment businesses like music and entertainment business and i'm very passionate like my main career path is i'm a musician like at the at the start of it but my in the the grander entertainment business is my industry like that's where i'm that's where i'm at home at that's where i'm i have my expertise in so once i took over the ranch i was like man i gotta find a way to do this ranch thing in a way that is fun for me and makes sense for me so i don't feel like I'm losing my career and myself in it. Cause you know, running a ranch is a full time and overtime job. Like, you oh, yeah. really have, you don't really have time to do other shit. If it's not, if you don't have help or something. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, if I want to run the ranch and all everything that goes with that, I need to do it in a way that is like, makes sense for me for what I want to do in my career. So I was like, basically I just brought the whole like lights, camera action concept to the ranch, which is where the Compton Cowboys as a concept was born. And then uh, I, I thought to myself, okay, if, if I execute this brand properly, it'll bring in all these companies to who will want to sponsor. Because essentially it's like we are cracking the code on the influencer thing, on the like social media influencer thing, but in the equestrian space, which there's no one else really doing that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so the, I, I knew that we would be like a catalyst to like, bring the equestrian thing into pop culture so that will bring a lot of interest from major companies major brands who want that who 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 have always all companies want to be in, in part a part of pop culture they just if they don't have the access point they can't do it you know what i mean so Compton cowboys i look at it as an access point to bridge a niche kind of culture and industry into popular culture which is now you know what the, what the thing is and it helped a lot when shit when shit happens like the old town road thing happens and all that yeah, other time. yeah. <laughs> and so it was like all oh, this perfect time and perfect storm shit happened in that one so it became a thing where it's like damn black cowboys are like a thing in the culture now and like we're the only ones doing the influencer shit like popping on social media 
And so I knew companies like Ariad and Stetson and Wrangler and all these companies will want to get with us to do shit. And that's what exactly happened. So I was like, yep, I knew it was going to happen. But the homies, they definitely fucking starstruck as fuck. Like, <laughs> even, even still, like, Ariad sends us all this dope shit. And they're just like, damn, this fucking so sick. Shout out to Ariad. I'm like, hell yeah, I already knew that. I was like, <laughs> And Guinness, right? Are you surprised? Yeah, Guinness like, is one too, right? Yeah, Guinness. Uh, we that okay. was our first. That was our first. Um, our very first big brand gig that basically launched our brand international. Um, that commercial. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, I saw it. I love Guinness, so I was like, "That's so cool." <laughs> yeah, we love Guinness too, and it's funny because we actually spoke that into existence because one time we were filming some small thing and. Um, and we were thinking, like, man, one day this could be big. And we was like, man, what if we got a beer commercial one day? And then we was like, man, what if we got a Guinness commercial? Because we all love Guinness. So that shit ended up happening. It was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but um, I was going to say, um, just in general, like, um, it's just been a, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, been, it's been so sick to, like, to, like, watch all this shit go down. Um, and it's been super fun for sure. Well, it's obvious that this is exactly what you guys are supposed to be doing with all the right things happening all at the right time. Like, it's obvious this is what y'all are meant to be doing and um, what especially, like, the kids in the area need and all that good stuff. So that's amazing. Hell yeah. I mean, like, it's really – it feels super organic and super timely. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice, especially with the whole BLM movement happening. And us yeah, being- we were just about to talk about that too. Like, have you guys seen an increase in support from like brands and other organizations since you know the Black Lives Matter movement recently? Absolutely, that's been a big a big um, accelerator for us for our opera our our, um, our operations and opportunities. Um, a lot of companies and just general just just people in general wanted to like reach out and lift us up as a, as a voice in the, in, uh, for the movement and highlight what we're doing. Uh, because it is, it is exactly that, you know, I mean, our, us, before all this kind of came about, our, our thing basically has been black cowboys matter, right? Cause like, right. basically trying to showcase and highlight diversity and, um, and, and, and bring our culture into like the fold. Cause you know, where you always think about, people think about the american cowboy they think like the john wayne figure right like mm-hmm. they think about like the white guy with the bandana around his neck smoking a cigarette like <laughs> pistol on his hip or like the marlboro man right and so for before all this it was like our main one of our big move big pushes was like just in general you know metaphorically right like black cowboys matter like but you know the blm thing sparked up sparked off and it's right in line with what we're already doing is like trying to uplift black people and, and show that we, we matter and we belong and we should mm-hmm. deserve value and respect as much as anybody else in, in the, in the culture and society at large. So um, since, since it all sparked off, we've definitely gotten a lot of support and a lot of people want, and the companies want to uplift us and, and put us out front as a, as a voice, actually believe a time uh, we were there for their, their black lives matter statement. Oh wow! Um, yeah, if you look at um, our page, there's a video of Stoner, um, a Stoner man just riding around on Ebony. It's like a slow thing, but it's it's the Louis Vuitton promo. Um, oh my gosh, that's so crazy! Matter <laughs> happened. They they released that. We had already filmed it like a year ago. Uh huh. Um, oh my god! So they were they were kind of keeping it in the chamber for for a, a moment, I guess. And this was their moment, so they ended up promoting it. Um, using that using that piece and that was really sick that's amazing <laughs> i haven't seen it i'll have to go look for it yeah I'll, um yeah it's on it's the 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 cover image you'll see if you scroll down a little bit you'll see stoner standing on ebony with no shirt on and they're both kind of looking into the camera it's that video okay yeah i'll definitely have to look into that um can you tell us about your guys's um the march that you guys led i think it was june 7th right yeah can you tell us about that experience because that looked like it was so amazing yeah it looked magical (laughs) well that was incredible because um for a a variety of reasons but 
the main thing that was interesting was like, you know, Compton is notorious for being like a city that's really hostile and like at the front lines of uprisings uh, when it comes to social injustice, actually Compton got on the map internationally as a force to be reckoned with through, through, through NWA, which their whole thing was like fighting back against police brutality. You know, their whole message was fuck the police. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That message, the strength and the power and the stark, like anti-establishment nature of that message is what put Compton on the map as an international, like, you know, I like a force to be reckoned with as a city. And so that's what, how the city became popular. And so since then, it's been basically, we've been living in that light of like Compton being this like raunchy place where it's like crazy shit going on and, and uh, you know, it's hostile and wild and all this kind of shit. When really it's not that, it's a beautiful community. Uh, just bad shit happens in certain areas, like anywhere you go. Right. Yeah. But the media spun that into a whole like narrative that has lasted decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still trying to fight against that that thing. But um, so people were, I think, looking looking to Compton or looking at Compton as like, hey, you know, I wonder what's going to happen in Compton. Like, I wonder what Compton is going to do about this all this joyful shit and all that. Mm-hmm. And the city was real calm. We were cool, calm, collected. We were following the leadership of our our, our, our wonderful mayor. Shout out to Mayor Aja Brown. She's um she's a beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's super cool and she's down and in with the people she's only like 38 years old 39 years old so she's like nice like one of us and stuff and so um we were just following her leadership and just kind of staying cool but then it kind of occurred to me like we do have to do something um and so i was talking to some other equestrian homies and we were like yo we should do some kind of ride like parade or something just to like just to be in solidarity with the movement and stuff and show people what we're doing. And so I hit up the mayor and I was like, Hey, we want to do a parade and we want to ride. And um, she was like, yeah, you guys should go ahead and do it. And then she ended up hitting me back the next day. Like, it was funny that you mentioned it because now that you said something like a whole bunch of other people like have been hitting me up at the same time saying they want to organize. She was like, well, we should just do something this weekend on Sunday. And then I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So I just made a flyer. Um, and uh, she, they made a flyer, and I, I made a, 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 a equestrian version of that flyer. And then we just posted it, and then uh, this mayor basically rallied behind us, and she was like, um, you know, let's do this thing. And the horses were like this super original, distinct kind of a- aspect of the march. And it's like everybody was waiting for us when we got there. Like, you know, the whole city was at the start point. And it was like, they were all waiting in the parking lot where we were designated to start to show up. And when we got there, man, everybody, all these people, it was so many people there on horses already, which was so cool. Like fans. I'm getting chills just listening to this. (laughs) So cool. Yeah, it was crazy. Like it was all these people on horses already there and all these news outlets and CNN was there. And I did an interview with CNN when I got there and, and it was just like so big, so massive. And then, um, the, the, everybody started off and the horses took up the rear so we just we wanted to keep everybody safe and also not be in the front where we we're going to track poop and all this other stuff <laughs> but we wanted yeah. to just be safe and smart about it but it was a great experience everybody was so calm so peaceful so beautiful no tragedies happening no spooks no like falls all the horses did so well even a whole bunch of horses that never had been in those environments before did so well and it was just a, a just great show of strength and solidarity and the city uh, loved it. And uh, I think the horses brought a whole other level of like beauty and, yeah. peace, and peace to the march um, because just their, na- you know, this is just the nature of the horse. They're just these magical creatures that are, you know, and then when you see a lot of them in, in mass, it's just a, it's a spectacle. It's a, t- it's a total spectacle. And then to see all these black folks on them, um, it, was, it, was, it was just great. It was a very powerful moment, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I spoke volumes about the new era of Compton, which is us being together, being peaceful, being strong and vocal without being violent um, and just trying to get our point across and just trying to and gaining that respect of the international community on issues that matter to our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, any kind of social injustices or 
um, all kinds of issues that we face. We we want to, you know, switch the narrative from being this city of like people think of city as just like of Compton as just like this ghetto gangster town, like you know whatever. And it's not that. Like we're a town. We're a very much a tight knit community. We love our city. We love our residents and our and, our, and every anybody from Compton will tell you they love they love Compton. You won't really meet people that are from Compton that'll be like, oh, I can't stand Compton. I want to move. Like, mm-hmm. people love Compton. It's something about the energy here, something about the, the terrain, the way the city's mapped out, the way that the communities are amongst each other. It's, it's a beautiful place. Like, it's like anywhere. You can go anywhere and find like bad pockets of shit that happen. And you can like focus on those numbers and make it a thing if you want to. But it's, that's, that's not what defines the city of Compton. I love that. Thanks for sharing. We were, we were talking about how we would love to come out and see your guys's um, place someday. Cause we've not, I've never been to Compton. I don't know if Jamie, have you been? No, I used, I, I lived in LA like about seven years ago. And like you said, Randy earlier, like people always say, Oh yeah, Compton's really bad. Like Compton is, you know, dangerous and everything. So I never, I never went there because other people told me like, Oh, Compton's really dangerous. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's a good place. Like, definitely, um, if y'all ever, you know, when all this stuff is starting to slow down, um, definitely would love to have y'all come out. And we can even ride through the streets. I can put y'all on some of mine. And, uh, that would be... We would love that. <laughs> we can ride through the streets and just see the people and see the city and see all the little kids that be outside and they yeah. love to see the horses go by and um, all that. It's just a vibe for sure. Did any of your guys' kids ride in the march, or were was it just all the adults? We didn't want to have the kids ride for just safety sake. Just in uh, case. <laughs> you kind of never know what's going to happen. Totally. Uh, it was definitely a, a somewhat of a chaotic scene just because of so many people and so many sounds. And, yeah. You know, so we definitely wanted to play it safe. But they were in a tr- pickup truck in front of us, oh. hanging, out the, hanging out the bed of the truck with their signs and, and, their, and their shirts and stuff. So, yeah, that, w- that was a thing. I love that. Are you guys still, so with, obviously California is a little different than Arizona in terms of shutdown stuff, but are you guys still doing lessons right now or what does that look like right now for you guys? We've been pretty shut down. We've been kind of staying in coordination with our school district, Compton Unified School District. Um, So as long as they're closed down to, uh, we basically been closed down as well because we consider ourselves like an after school program, mm-hmm. and so we basically just wanted to align ourselves with what the, what the school district is doing. And um, it's smart. And so that's we're just playing it safe, we're just playing it super safe. But our kids definitely have been asking to ride, and mm-hmm. they've been missing the horses a bunch. And it's such a it's such an important part of their life. So we're trying to figure ways to at least be able to get them in, at least to be able to touch, touch base and, and get, you know, some energy, some time and energy with the horses while all this is going on because it really is something that can help keep them, keep their spirits up, um, you know, so. Yeah, for kids do you guys, Sorry, how many kids do you guys have in your program right now? We keep a small number. We normally will max out at 12 students um, because we – one one thing is I always want to have a one like at maximum a one to one ratio of students to horses. Yep, I'm the but, same way. I like that too. Yeah, but also the students that we serve need a lot of. We like to make make sure we're focusing. We can focus on them and give them the attention they need. Like it's for us, it's not about having a big ass group of kids in the back. You know, like we don't want to be have our ranch have fifty kids running around. Like you're not really accomplishing nothing but <laughs> yeah. But uh but getting the kids around the horses and that's also a safety concern and all that. So us us it's about like focus and attention and being able to serve the kids uh in a in a full um way, in a thorough way that's beyond just because that's what distinguishes it from just being some you know, like intervention program or some just after school thing, right? It's not just some place where parents just drive up and drop their kids off. You know what I mean? It's like most of our students, their parents stay and they hang out and they say, and we know them as well, you know? So we develop those relationships with them. And because we're, we're all about, you know, have being on this journey with them or with their children, with their kids, with their children, because it's our students that we love. We want to see them grow and we want to be with them as long as we can. So once a student is a student, that's basically their spot in the program until they they until they don't 
until they're, you know, no longer there um, by their choice. But uh, so we don't swap in new kids every, every, you know, season or anything like that. Like once a student is with us, they're with us as long as they want to be, you know, if they want to stay, yeah. stick with us, if they want to stick with us through, you know, if they start, let's say, you know, my goal is, you know, if say a student starts in middle school, I would love to be able to see them through high school and college, through high school and get them a college scholarship and be able to continuously work with them as a college athlete and have them both train and teach um, with our students as well and be able to hopefully help them go pro in some kind of way. Uh, that's yeah. the goal. And we have very realistic opportunities on the table. I mean, one of our big, biggest, biggest, biggest name sponsors is Will Simpson, who is the 2008 Olympic gold medalist for 100, 100 jumping. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. And, gosh. <laughs> uh, for the United States. And uh, he's like the Michael Phelps of like the horse. Yeah. State. Right. And um, he, he call, he's, he's our, he's my boy. I call him up. He, he comes down. He, matter of fact, in 2009, our, our whole, the whole program basically transitioned to English because of him. Cool. Because, That's because, awesome. Yeah. Because he came down and, got on board and brought all these all his friends and partners and brought a bunch of horses in that were all English so they all transitioned to English and actually if you notice recently Stone Man been back getting back on his English training yeah I saw that uh, <laughs> is it so, with the Oldenburg yeah uh-huh. yeah that I was just telling Aaron earlier I was like that gray horse is beautiful yeah, yeah so he's getting back on it because he's been wanting to get back into some kind of like official athletics stuff beyond just riding through the streets and uh he one of our trainers uh, just got back available back in california and he's like she had a, ho- a horse and a perfect environment for him to train in so he's getting back on his english stuff but all that english stuff happened because of will because he came wow. down and basically overhauled the whole program to try to put some kids in the olympics and so we still have that opportunity on the table um you know and that's still a very realistic goal and if stoney can be the one that would be amazing, but That's you know, maybe, maybe some younger kids that look, come up under him and start training, and and we do it. But it's very realistic. Like the Olympic team, the committee, the sponsors—they're all—they're all with us. So that's uh, amazing. Ah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty sick. I love Is how. There, sorry. Oh, sorry, Jamie. I just love how intentional you guys are with your program because that's just so huge, especially with kids. Like being intentional, being there with them the entire time. Because I've, you know. If it's not, sometimes when you're in lessons and it's not one-on-one, it's easy to, for things to get kind of lost in there, but to be focused on this kid, this is your goals with them. This is where we want you to go and we're going to take you there and we're going to do it. I love that. Absolutely. It's, it's for us because we want to be able to change, save lives. We, our main thing is saving lives first, first and foremost. So mm-hmm. yeah, just the fact that you have an opportunity to come be on a ranch where you could be in the streets running around, like that's, that's where we feel like we already got the, the, the win. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, how do you catapult? How do you, you know, how do you take that further? And the way to re- really empower a community is to provide opportunities um, that extend beyond um, just like education and stuff has to go into professional careers. So it's like, how do you make career, career persons out of, out of these kids? So, and a lot of the times the career opportunities just ain't there. So it's like, um, for, and, and they're not, and they don't have enough appeal to these kids around here. Cause you know, it's a lot of, if you come in the hood and you tell a kid, Hey, you, you should be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. They're not going to hear that shit because yeah. They don't see it. They don't, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have that appeal. So then most of the things that have that kind of appeal is like, you know, sports and music and other things that are normal around here, like rappers and athletes, but like not every kid wants to do that. So then it's like the horse is one of those things that go, Whoa, what the, what is that about? Like kids, yeah. kids, kids get so into that. And it's like, okay, maybe we can make career people out of career horse people out of these kids. So we definitely are intentional about that. Like once they come, they learn basics and all this stuff, but then it's all about figuring out, okay, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to, you know, and you could do anything. You don't even have to be on the horse. Like you could totally be a person that is a producer of horse related content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, could come, you could come and be somebody that gets excited about content creation and you could like all the stuff that we do, all our content is always produced and curated. Right. So like, you can end up taking that path and be like the number one name in 
content production for equestrian related activities you know what i mean so yeah um but but you know we're just thinking outside the box and you know but, but you know it's any any straight line careers like okay you want to be a vet or you want to be a farrier or you want to be an equine therapist or you want to be an athlete or you want to be a coach a trainer or you want to be a nutritional expert whatever like we want to introduce those this whole because this industry is really massive actually oh it's huge and, yeah and you don't really think about that and it's not something you na- would naturally think about like oh the, the equestrian industry you know you really only think about like the sports you don't really think about everything else that goes with that and um, there's an entire industry, so many verticals in this industry. And so we are excited about introducing those opportunities to the kids and letting them pick something. Because normally they'll pick something. That's the whole reason they come. Like, they don't, they don't want to come. They don't want, they don't want to come just to ride for ride's sake. They say, yeah, I want to ride. Then they say, oh, I want to do barrels or I want to be a vet or I want to, you know, something like that. So, yeah. Is there a particular kid that stands out to you that's been in through the program, like who you guys have helped through horses? Yeah, a couple. One, my young boy Eugene. Um, he he when he first came, he he kind of st- he just stumbled across the ranch like most kids do. I mean, that's pretty much the normal typical MO is like we have the ranch here, we're riding around and this and that, and then some kids that might be riding their bike up and down the street. They might stop and go, oh, stop, like, look at those horses in the back. And then next thing you know, they're, they're asking, can they come to the back? And they want to be on program and this. So he kind of came through in that same way. He was a kind of a, a kid that had some troubles going on at home. And just he was kind of roaming the streets a bit. He was kind of really – he was kind of wild as far as, like, not not judging him, but just, like, you could tell the environment – whatever environment that he grew up in was kind of rough. Yeah, so he was kind of he was kind of far out there as a kid. Like he 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 was people talk about stuff and do stuff that like young kids shouldn't even know about. Yeah. So um so he was a little really rough around the edges and um but he definitely got super interested in the horses. And so he started coming. And next thing you know, he's you know he's walking up with boots on instead of his Chuck Taylors. And next thing you know, he's walking up with a hat, cowboy hat on instead of a baseball cap. <laughs> And then next thing you know, he's like, you know, wearing all that stuff to school. And, you know, now he's talking about he wants to be a bull rider. So now he's he's officially training. He's riding mini bulls and he's officially training uh, to be a professional bull rider. Wow. Uh, you know, he's uh, we, we, we linked him up with some of the guys at PBR, um, including Cody Nance and Zeke Mitchell and those guys um, that ride for the U- U.S. team. And just the whole the whole those folks over there. Um, and getting mentorship from guys like Charlie Sampson and all, all them dudes. And uh, and he's full bone now. He's like, you know, he don't even worry about the streets or none of that shit no more. Every time, all his conversations are always about bulls and horses and this and that. So, you know, his mom, she was she she was very moved by that. And one day she just was, she called me in tears and was like, thank God for you guys in that ranch because I don't know where, where my son would be at. And, that's awesome for that. So, so that that's 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 what makes it all worth it. Like when you can mm-hmm. change, re 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 um, direct a life that could potentially be going down one path and end up somewhere else that could be productive for them and save their life. Um, that's what we do. That's what it's all about. So just that one victory is like makes it all worth it. But we the goal is to really be able to replicate that over and over and over. And the big the big vision it really is to be like if we could have a ranch ranch operations around the world that in in um in inner cities, you know, places that you would least expect ranches, we want to put them there on purpose and um and and be able to grab grab kids out these environments that, that are troubled and um redirect them and change change their trajectory about where they could end up being in life. Um, that's where really, you know, I wanna be able to look up one day and say, Man, I got I got global ranch operations, you know, I got like fifty ranches around the world and all these random places that you wouldn't least expect it. You know, obviously Compton being our, 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 our marquee spot, but you know, you want to be able to have ones in London and some spots in Africa and some, maybe some spots in Hawaii or, you know, just places where, where you might have some issues with some kids and some communities and be able to, you know, one day make some pros. No, you know, one day you might make an Olympic pro. Yeah. Out of some kid, some kid from some, you know, borough somewhere that was like in the streets. And that's, that kind of stuff is like, the, the most exciting shit 
So that's kind of like the long-term vision of what you have for the Compton Cowboys? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the long-term vision for the community side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the long-term vision for the brand and the business is to have global business operations um, as far as like retail, um, providing our services to the Hollywood industry. Like we want to be the number one name in like equestrian, like um, filming, like Oh, cool. Any anytime you see anytime anybody thinks like black cowboys in Hollywood, any film that has a black cowboy, like we want to like basically the John Wayne concept. Yes. That's epic. I love that. You know, That's sick. But, but like, you know, we want to produce one of those. Like, damn, the, this guy is the black cow the the oh, black cowboy on, on in on in, like in film. Like if it's a black cowboy, it's this guy. Like, you know, right. What I mean? So establish the brand like that. Uh, we want to have, like I said, retail. We want to definitely have an incredible retail business from, you know, with branding, selling merchandise and all types of uh, related product. That would be awesome. We want to have, so we're going to have so many businesses. We're going to have nightlife stuff where like, you know, like, you know, have you ever been to a place like Saddle Ranch? Yeah. Places like that where you can eat, drink and enjoy like a Western, like, outdoorsy kind of like nightlife experience stuff like that we want to have that. like we want to have like um like a, a mu- like Compton Cowboys land like imagine you go to an amusement park and it's all like equestrian that would be yeah. amazing like that'd be fucking sick like, it would be awesome. I'm like excited just thinking <laughs> I know we're over here like yes we love it yeah and then like one of the concept I'm super stoked about which is a, a long a long haul to get there but I want to do like a Coachella style festival yes. that is like full blown equestrian only themed. And it's like, bring your own horse. Yes. Bring your own rig, like into this big ass space for three days. And like all three days, all the events is like equestrian shit. Like there's a beer garden. You can sit on your horse and people bring you beer. You can walk up to the saloon and drink. Fucking <laughs> country music is playing. They have like, you can sign up for all these events like okay i want to go do barrels today or i want to go jump today or i want to go do cross country today or i want to and you could just be with you and your friends like all y'all and your horses from all over the nation and everybody just fucking hanging out on horses for like three days dude i'm That's- stoked for when that happens i will be yeah if you like- need help just let yeah, me know hit us up <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would be like the sickest shit right like that would be like so fun um and then other businesses like i want to have a cop like a like a uh equestrian supply store like and all there's all kinds of businesses we're gonna have all kinds of businesses um but that's that's the most exciting stuff is just like being able to take use our brand and our platform to like build enterprise um um international enterprise i would like the best shit Oh, I'm stoked. Like listening to all that. I'm like, yes, I w- I'm all for it. If you ever want to open a ranch in Phoenix, hit us up because we would love to. We'll <laughs> help you run it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I appreciate that. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause Phoenix definitely could use, could use that. There's a lot, obviously like Scottsdale has its own world with horses, but I feel like it would be very, like really great to have it in inner city Phoenix. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah so we're not going to take up much more of your time, but I do have one last question to ask you before we end. And that question is, what change do you want to see in the in equine industry? Diversity, inclusion. Um, Snaps. That's, that. that's just automatic, automatically top of my head. It's like right now it's just, you know, and it's not, it's, it's, it is what it is. Nobody's mad, but it's basically just white folks world. You know what I right. mean? It's like nobody you know, the representation from different cultures is just not there. And uh, it's just not accurate, accurate reflection of what the industry really is. Um, There's folks of all creeds and colors and sizes and shapes across the industry. And I think a lot of these um, companies that really lead the industry have to be the ones that lead that charge. And we've been very proactive about, you know, um, um, you know, pushing the companies to do that. Mainly, we've been super proud of our, our sponsor, Ariat. They've been very proactive about, if you noticed even, you know, if you look at their feed since mm-hmm. BLM, they've included a lot more black cowboys in their, in their, yeah. uh, in their, in their posts. 
um, we trying to get Boot Barn and um, you know a few others to to be proactive about that. Um, and it's happening slowly but surely. But the the um, American Cowboy has always just been you know this like I said this white guy with a cowboy hat and a cigarette in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And it, it it can't be that moving forward. Like we have to more accurately represent the industry and all the beautiful faces that are out there. So and, and it's happening. I'm I'm very proud of the industry. I think by and large the industry has been very forward on it. I've seen, I saw PBR even before all the BLM stuff had already did a whole global campaign called Be Cowboy that that uh, showed all kinds of different faces in that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariad has been great working with us before all this happened. They we were one of their big uh, sponsorees, so um, very excited about that. Um, and a few other big big companies, but it's going to take the you know the wranglers of the industry and the yeah, mm-hmm. and, and all these folks to like, uh, and then even just like the equestrian, you know, uh, tack makers and and uh, you know even like the USEF and all these com- like governing bodies that regulate the industries to start showing more color yeah their, for sure i feel like usef has been doing a, a better job at that like recently yeah you yousef actually we're talking to them about a lot of big stuff so um it's uh it's, they're definitely being very proactive about it um it's i've been so incredibly busy that i haven't got to get super hammered down the details on some stuff but this week, I have actually supposed to be getting back to them about some things. We already had a great initial conversation, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, looking forward to uh, just building out something with them. So, yeah, it's a lot of good stuff happening. A lot of good stuff happening. Yeah, we're stoked for you guys. That's so cool. And our, I mean, the whole one of our big like reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was because we want to see more diversity and inclusion in the equestrian world because. It's got to change and thankfully it is slowly but surely changing but people like us need to be speaking up about it and and help and make the change so we really appreciate you talking with us it was such a pleasure thank you yes i appreciate y'all having me um i'm always happy to connect connect, collab they got my number so uh save me up text me up you know we'll we'll get all this shit popping yeah, we'll have to come out and, and ride with you guys when all this COVID crap is. Oh, yeah, over. definitely. <laughs> We're not a far sure. to come see the barn. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. Yeah, all right, yeah. thank you so much, Randy. Okay, y'all have a good one. You all right, too. you too. Talk to you later.